Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we're, uh, we are looking at all of these different responses to, to Jesus after he's performed these, these incredible miracles, these signs, and each of them is meant to, to reveal his identity, to, to like a, a neon sign pointing. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is the Lamb of God. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, and we've looked at all these signs over the last number of chapters, and now it's, uh, you know, the, the cards are being sorted out. What are people going to do with, with this guy, Jesus, and these miracles he's done? Now, we've seen some responses so far. We've seen the, the religious leaders, they are set on killing Jesus. We've seen um, those who are near Jesus, they have a gratitude for the grace that exists in Jesus. We've seen, La- or not Lazarus, but Judas. He is using Jesus for his own selfish gain. We've seen even that Lazarus is now being targeted and that the religious leaders, they want to take him out and they, they're kind of, they're putting a hit out on him because his testimony is a testimony that is leading people to believe in Jesus. But where do these crowds stand? Well, what we have here is what's called the triumphal entry of Jesus. And this is when uh, Jesus is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy that speaks to him riding in on a beast of burden. <clears throat> and uh, and we're going to see these crowds there. They're jubilant over who Jesus is and at least over who they think he is going to be. They have great expectation, but unfortunately, we're going to see in subsequent chapters, their expectation is of a a worldly kingdom and a Jesus that comes to to conquer right there in that moment. So let's go ahead and let's turn to the text. We are in chapter 12, starting in verse 12. It says, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took out branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Now look at these words, Hosanna, the Lord saves or Lord save us. This declaration and this this cry, they're recognizing that Jesus is the Lord. And they're saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is the divinely appointed one. He is the king of Israel. They are ready to crown him king. This is what they think of Jesus. I mean, why not? He has walked on water. He has fed thousands of people with meager provisions. He has turned water to wine. He has healed a man born blind. He's healed a man who was lame for 38 years. He has resurrected Lazarus from the grave. This man, Jesus, he certainly must be the Messiah. They are ready to crown him. Well, continue. Verse 14. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it was written, Fear not, behold, O Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that he, these things that had been written about him and that he had done. And the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. So people are praising him. He's riding in on a donkey. The disciples don't put the dots together at this point, but later they do, saying this is prophetic fulfillment. <clears throat> and even the crowd that saw Jesus raise Lazarus, remember there were all of those mourners that had come to mourn with Mary and Martha. They saw Jesus and his resurrection of Lazarus. And look, they, 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 
they're saying, look, this is Jesus. This is the one. He resurrected a man from the grave. They continue to bear witness. Verse 18. The reason why the crowd went out to meet him was that they heard that he had done this sign. Now, let's just continue. Look at all of these different responses. You have those that hate Jesus, those that are grateful for Jesus, those that are using Jesus, those that are being targeted because of their their proximity and their, their testimony to Jesus. And now you have the masses of crowds that they are coming and they are praising Jesus with eager expectation. But what is this expectation? You see, here we have those who expect the wrong thing from Jesus. Is Jesus the king of Israel? Absolutely, yes, he is. But they're expecting that Jesus is going to come. He is going to raise an army. He is going to lead a revolt that the Roman oppressors and occupiers, they will be kicked out of Israel and that Israel, they will have their nation's sovereignty again. This is their expectation. And look, this expectation is of the crowds. There are many who look and they say, Jesus is, he is going to fulfill all of our worldly desires. And these are, these are those that are many. You think about Jesus' words in Matthew 7, he says, he says, broad is the path and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. There are many on this path that, that they, they're cheering Jesus. They think of Jesus in these, in these superb ideas and these wonderful titles are given to him, but they, they actually don't understand the gospel. Their Jesus is a Jesus that is coming to fulfill their earthly expectations rather recognizing Jesus is the one who comes to save them from their sin. And Jesus will one day, he will come and rule and reign, but that day has not yet come physically on earth. There are still those who oppose him, even though he is in fact the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, this is, I think, this 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 pulls on a, a tension thread in our heart where we want Jesus to come and fix everything in life but he has come and he has solved our greatest problem and yet he says those who wish to live a godly life in Christ Jesus they will be persecuted Paul writes in Romans 8 that we will be glorified with him provided that we suffer with him The call to Christ is not a call to come and and to live your best life ever, although there is blessing upon blessing. The call to Christ is the call to come and die, To to be one who lays down your life as a living sacrifice, who puts away all of your preconceived notions of your life working out just fine, and rather you recognize that in following Christ, it's a call that you will sacrifice, that there will be times where you suffer. Like Lazarus, you will face those who want to who want to hate you and do hate you and want to harm you because you follow Christ. Listen, we are, we are very similar to the crowds. We cry out, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We praise Jesus, but we do so recognizing that we live in a world that is still fallen and rebellious against Christ. This is a tension in our hearts. 
We have to make sure that we don't have a, not a first century Jewish mentality of Christianity where Jesus was the king that would come and kick out the oppressors, but rather we must make sure we don't have a 21st century Americanized Christian culture where we think Jesus is going to come and fix everything for us. No. He fixes what's most important. And he gives us hope and peace in the middle of suffering and in the tension that oftentimes is included in persecution and trials. And brother or sister, let this ancient way for our modern day, let it be just a gentle reminder that, that following Christ is not, yay, Jesus is here and he's going to fix everything. It's Jesus is here, glory to God in the highest, yet Yet, my eternal destiny will be wonderful. But I'm going to face trials. I'm going to face difficulties. I might even face persecution. And yet I can trust him. And yet he is still king. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.